My name is Pastor Mike Landsman, and this is the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ. This podcast is taken from my weekly Sunday morning sermons. I pray that as you listen to them, they will be a blessing to you and strengthen you in your walk with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's what we have for today. Christ is risen. When I was a kid, we had the Disney Channel on cable way back when cable was actually still a box that had a wire connected to something else behind the TV and the buttons you pressed actually had like a tactile feel to them and make them, made a noise. But I remember watching something that they had called Tall Tales. And in it, it was full of uh, figures from American mythology, you know, like um, Paul Bunyan, you know, the giant, uh, the giant uh, lumberjack with his huge axe and Babe, the big blue ox, and they kind of tramped and stomped around America doing nice things for people. And then you had the story of um, uh, Johnny Appleseed, who was a, a real person and a Swedenborgian, by the way. Uh, how he traveled all over America. It was his life's mission to plant all these apple trees all over the place. Uh, and then we hear stories of, you know, John Henry uh, Irons, I believe, who, who raced the, uh, the electric or the steam engine uh, with the, the railroad spikes. And we grow up hearing these stories and even seeing them animated and like Pecos Bill, like, you know, lassoing a tornado and riding it and taming it, you know, to save the people there out in the, in the, in the vast areas of the Wild West. And these tall tales are entertaining, and they're fun, and they're part of the mythology of America, the tales we sort of tell ourselves about who we are and where we come from. But we, and sometimes, when we approach Scripture, we have that same mentality when we read the stories of the apostles or of the life of Christ, that these are just stories, and all they're doing is just telling us a moral and that moral is basically the same moral that you'll find whatever religion that you choose to believe in. We're all just believing the same thing. We're all headed towards the same destination. And we're all just learning out how to be good. That's what religion is for. To teach us, to give us these, these, these mythological stories so we can be good people. But at the same time, we don't actually need these stories anymore to be good people. We could just be good people because evolutionary processes have driven that inside of us. But when we read the story from the scriptures, even though the Bible does contain things like mythology in it, even though it does contain ancient prehistorical narrative in it, the Bible is something else. It is not meant to teach us how the leopard got his spots or how the elephant got his nose or how the, you know, the crocodile got his nose or how the, the snake learned to crawl or whatever. It's not like reading Ricky Ticky Tacky Tabby. The Bible is a completely different kind of book. It's a series of books all testifying to the person and work of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ whose resurrection from death we celebrate this morning. As uh, J.R.R. Tolkien said to C.S. Lewis when he was trying to reach out to him about faith, and Lewis was a staunch atheist, uh, Tolkien said they, they connected because of their love for stories and for fairy stories in particular, and myths, Nordic myths. And Tolkien said to Lewis, yes, 
These are myths, but this is the myth that is true. And that started Lewis on his journey to becoming a Christian and a prolific defender of the Christian faith. And when we read the stories, or that we heard read this morning from the book of Acts, from uh, the epistle to the Colossians, and from Luke chapter 24, they have a very different tone than these tall tales of American history, or the mythological figures of American history. They have a completely different tone. And this morning, my sermon title is Seemed an Idle Tale. Because in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verse 11, after the women came to the tomb and they saw that Christ had been raised from death, they came back and they told all the apostles. And like men do from time to time, and I am very guilty of this, we do not listen to women and to our wives. <laughs> wives, that was your opportunity to say amen. <laughs> and you would think by now that I would have learned this lesson, but I still struggle with this all the time. But the men, when they heard this, it says in verse 11, these words seemed to them an idle tale. Or as the NIV puts it, these words seemed to them to be nonsense, and they did not believe them. But there was something about it that spurred Simon Peter to be like, maybe there is. So he gets up and he goes to the tomb. And he sees the grave clothes lying folded there. So Peter, in the gospel of tomb, he did three things. He rose, he ran to the tomb, and he marveled. He rose, he ran to the tomb, and he marveled. And these are the, my three points of the sermon this morning. When we hear the scriptures read, when we hear them proclaimed, those of you who are here, and we had a lot of scripture this morning at the sunrise service, a lot, large selections and readings from the Old Testament about God's deliverance of his people, God's promises to Abraham, about what the death of Christ and his resurrection accomplished for us and for our salvation. Even in the hymns that we just heard, ours is the sky, hallelujah, Christ is risen, right? All of that stuff all testify to the central fact that Jesus Christ rose from death never to die again, for death cannot hold him. And so it's our responsibility as human beings when we hear the gospel to rise. To rise. That's the first thing the, the gospel does. The story of the crucifixion and the resurrection. It shakes us out of our apathy. It shakes us out of our sin. It shakes us awake. And then after it shakes up awake, we can then rise. And the second thing we do is we run to the tomb. We run to the tomb. Now, we're not in Jerusalem, right? So we can't go to the church of the Holy Sepulchre, right? We can't do that. But what we can do is, is we can run to the church. We can run here. We can get down on our knees. And the third thing we can do is we can marvel. We can kneel at the foot of the cross, which we did on Good Friday. And we can marvel at what the Word made flesh accomplished for us in our salvation. 
And as the scriptures say, today is the day for salvation. And Jesus, Peter preaches, after, G after Peter d does this, after he rises, he runs to the tomb, he marvels, and then Jesus is there with his disciples for 40 more days, and he's preaching and teaching and eating with them. And then they witness his ascension into heaven. And then they're given the gift of the Holy Spirit, which we'll commemorate at Pentecost. Then Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, he gets up here in Acts chapter 10 and he says this, We are witnesses of all that he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on the tree, but God raised him on the third day and made him to appear. Not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify. He is the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. And we're going, brothers and sisters, in just a few moments to come to the Lord's altar and table to eat and drink with him, commemorating his, re his resurrection from the dead. And Peter says, this isn't the end of the story. God raised him. But God didn't raise him just to raise him. And he lays out two things here. He says, first, Christ will return to judge. He said, Christ will return to judge. That's in 42. The judge of the living and of the dead. And we recoil at this language. Because we live our lives saying, nobody can judge me. No one's the boss of me. I'm grown up now. I can do whatever I want. I'm my own person. And here's the thing. Scripture makes it very clear that whether we receive Christ or not, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and things under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And some of those who confess that are those who have confessed it now in this life. In love and in gratitude. And there will be those that confess it grudgingly, only acknowledging it because they have to. Because they can no longer, they can no longer resist. Once one group destined for eternal life and one group destined for eternal death. The second thing that Peter says is that Jesus has been raised to forgive our sins. That everyone who believes on him will receive this forgiveness of sins through his name. St. Paul notes in Romans chapter 6 verses 5 through 7, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our, in our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For the one who has died has been set free from sin. Jesus has come to forgive us. And so you might think to yourself, well, that's great, St. Paul. You said if we are united with him in his death, then how do we do that? Does that mean then, brothers and sisters, that each and every single one of us is then destined to journey to Golgotha and to be crucified to a cross? No. Where are we, where have we died and been buried with Christ? 
This is not a trick question. In our baptisms, in our baptisms, and we heard a lot of this a little bit more this morning when we, when we had the readings from Exodus about the children of Israel being delivered through the waters. But scripture says that baptism is where we, are, we have died with Christ, where we identify and participate in his death. Because, St. Paul says, we will be united with him in a resurrection like his. So those of us who have been united with Christ through the waters of baptism and through faith, having been justified, having peace with God, we then are no longer enslaved to sin. Our sins are forgiven. Because if we have died, then we have been set free from sin. And so a lot of the New Testament is, since Jesus has done this for you, then let's live this way. And in the epistle reading we heard from Colossians, we see the third thing. And that's our glorification. St. Paul, like I said, he said, he will, we will be united with him in a resurrection like his. Right? So I, I say this all the time, so I won't, I won't talk about it too much, right? But our journey, our destination as Christians is not puffy clouds that look like cotton balls and be giving harps and just kind of playing up there forever in heaven doing nothing, just kind of sitting around and yeah, isn't this fantastic and wonderful? That's not our destiny. We are united with him in his death. We are united with him in his life and that's what the resurrection accomplishes for us. And in Colossians, St. Paul says in verse 4 of chapter 3, when Christ, who is your life, appears you will also appear with him in glory. That glory, that glorification that he has, he gives that to us. That is our goal as Christians. Not disembodied existence floating around somewhere in the ether. It's not being united to some cosmic spirit or becoming one with the universe. There's a lot of talk nowadays about the universe sent this to me, the universe sent that to me. The universe has no will, has no mind, has no purpose. So how can the universe send things to you? What has a mind and a will and a purpose that exists beyond the universe in whom the universe exists? Namely, God sent his son to you so that we could be united with him. That's what forgiveness of sins is all about. Not to make us feel bad about what we've done. Of course, there is something about that. But to lead us to repentance. And on Easter Sunday, and Good Friday, and Maundy Thursday, if you can't come into a church and hear Christ crucified, dead, and raised again for your justification, for your freedom from sins, then I don't know what we're doing here. Because Christ didn't die to give you a new beginning. Christ didn't die because of spring flowers bring new life and, and seasons change. And that's why Jesus rose to show us that, that there's always a new beginning after something bad happens. Christ died and rose again to unite you to the God that you rebelled against. That I rebelled against. Whose face we spit in. He died because he loved us. If he didn't love us, then we would have had to die, right? But Christ, as the scriptures say, 
Greater love has no man than this. And he laid down his life for his friends. And what does Christ say to his followers? He says, I do not call you my servants. He says, I call you my friends. And so if you're sitting here, I can't make it any clearer today. If you have not received Christ, if you do not trust in Christ, if you've been attending church your entire life, Today is the day of salvation. Place your faith and trust and your hope in Jesus Christ. And be baptized. And be received into his heavenly kingdom. This morning I read the, the, the Easter homily of uh, one of my favorite church fathers, John Chrysostom. And I'll just read a small portion of it to conclude this morning. He says this. Hell took a body and discovered God. It took earth and encountered heaven. It took what it saw and was overcome by what it did not see. O death, where is thy sting? O hell, where is thy victory? Christ is risen and you, O death, are annihilated. Christ is risen and the evil ones are cast down. Christ is risen and the angels rejoice. Christ is risen and life is liberated. Christ is risen and the tomb is emptied of its dead. For Christ, having risen from the dead, has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you have a few minutes, I'd ask you to go to gofundme.com slash Zion's Stone Church Repair Fund. We have some significant repair work that we need to do on our bell tower, as well as some repair work due to a recent lightning strike. Anything you'd be able to help us out with, we would greatly appreciate it. If you'd like to get a hold of me or you have any questions about what you've heard, feel free to reach out at our Facebook page, Zion Stone UCC, or you can check us out on our website, ZionStoneUCC.com. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.